0: Trust the Grind, presented by Planned Dope Shit. Get your fucking shit together. I have to have that discipline
1: to
2: make sure that I'm handling my business and I'm always developing, I'm always getting better. Always have to take care of yourself no matter just. what. It's possible, anything possible. You know, like I take three deep breaths, I just keep repeating myself, it's like I got this, I got this, I got this. That's am that's I'm Trust the Grind.
0: What's going on everyone? Welcome to Trust the Grind Podcast. My name is Steve and I'm here with my co-host Alec. Today's guest is Michael Lampard. Michael Lampard is a Phoenix based artist who specializes in bright acrylic paintings. Michael got a little late start in his creative career. He was a barber for over 10 years and one day realized that he missed making art. He traded the barber clippers for a paintbrush and the rest was history. Michael has made some beautiful paintings for Gabriel Glaces, Cole Bennett, and his work has also been featured in galleries. In today's episode, we talk about Mike's creative journey to becoming an artist, why he chooses to use cartoon characters in his artwork, and where he finds inspiration. Michael is a really cool guy, and I know you'll enjoy this one. Let's get into it. Our folks, we're
2: here with uh, Arizona's one and only Michael Lambert, a true street artist to every sense, or found his way to the art through, uh, I believe it was cutting hair, right, Michael, as a barber?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I started, I've, I've I've been cutting hair for, oh man, I lose track, but, you know, 14, 15 years or so now, so it's been a while, and I mean, I was an artist as a kid. I mean, everybody's an artist as a kid, but, you know, I got into street art, really just totally fell in love with everything there is about street art um, uh-huh. you know, and then kind of backed off of that when life started happening became a barber, did that for a long time um, and then just kind of picked up the craft again, you know, started messing around with pencil, paper and just realized I found the love for it then I found the platform with all the social media out there, outlets these days, it's, it's, it's crazy and then it just kind of, you know, I got caught a few lucky breaks early on and um, as I got you know just more and more painting and drawing it just got better and better and now i'm pretty much doing it you know pretty much full time
2: yeah so it sounds like it's more like uh like a career now right as, as opposed to like like a job as compared to maybe anything else you, you, you've you had i mean is that a fair interpretation i
1: still do cut a little bit of hair here and there I, enjoy, I still enjoy doing it but the art is just definitely taking over and i mean my my passion for the for art is just you know above anything
2: as soon as you can make a living off of your passion, I mean, you're living at that point, right? It don't even matter if you're living a shoebox. I mean, sincerely, I mean, there are people who are doing what they love, making whether, you know, even for free, but that's all it is. It's that satisfaction within it. I mean, it sounds like um, that's something you actually found um, being a being a barber though still. I mean, and it sounds like you, you kind of had a sense at least to like what that feeling um, is like when you're passionate about something. And then, is art at that same degree or did it just further that, like where you're like, oh, wow, like this is what passion is?
1: Yeah, I really did have that passion. For, I mean, I still do. I still love cutting hair, but, you know, the art is just, like I said, it's just something from, I mean, it's something, I mean, anybody who's create, a creative, you know, it's, and you find that niche, it's just really just takes it to that next level and, and painting, and you know, these canvases and it's just really just, it just took off and it's, yeah, you're right. I, I don't think you really, you don't really realize that until you find it that you would starve or live in a shoebox and and to be able to do that on a daily to for me to be able to paint on a daily basis um you know some months are good some months are bad money wise it's not you know but i don't worry it's like you really when you find it you don't worry about any of that you don't even think about it really you
2: just you just want to create. How do you find yourself? Like, you know, do you have a sketchbook? Are you just writing down your ideas? Like, or do you just keep it all in your head? Oh, man, I wish I was a little more
1: organized and I could sit here and tell you I have a
2: <laughs> beautiful... <laughs> I, would, I would
1: love to sit here and tell you I have this wonderful, beautiful sketchbook that has all these amazing ideas. in And um, I just think I keep everything in my head. And once in a while, I'll go on the iPad and just kind of draw something out. And it's the worst drawing you'll ever see. If you people were to look at it, they'd go... This dude's an art, like this dude paints, like based off of this. <laughs> pure, you know, it looks like pure crap. But um, yeah, I, I, to answer your question, I just kind of keep it all upstairs. If, and, and if I see something that just really, or I think of something that just really blows me away, I'll pretty much drop everything and just start on it and just bust it out.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like, um, and I just got one more question before I hand it off to Steve. I mean, it sounds like that you, um, that's what works best for you though you know you mentioned that you might you know hit hit some sort of frustration every now and then like whether it's just you're looking at something and it's a piece of crap at that time i mean so what do you do
1: I'm, I'm i'm real big into outdoors so i'll go hiking and just get my mind off of everything and just clear my mind completely out and a lot of times just listening to music while i'm hiking will inspire something just kind of bring some pain out and just start scribbling something. It's funny because if you just keep going forward, move forward, move forward, move forward, one thing kind of leads to the next, leads to the next, and then next thing you know, you know, you got. I have a big, you know, canvas done, and and you know, it's just it's just all a process. And I see a lot of artists struggling with that part of it. It's you know, the funny that you bring that up. It's because I do see it a lot, and they just kind of give up on themselves too because they just get that. I don't know if it's an insecurity or just a, a little bit of a lack of confidence or whatever. But I just think you really have to just fight through kind
2: of that block so like do you do you find yourself like taking that outside of art that sort of mindset
1: shoot I mean I think that translates to anything you apply it to in life I mean you have to just kind of get through those blocks and just push forward as much as you can
0: yeah I love your approach to the resistance because being a creative you can you can be your own worst enemy and if something's not working out and like there's a constant battle of like oh this isn't good enough to show but I think the tenacity is the most important part of pushing through those creative blocks. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Stephen Pressfield, but he had this quote in one of his books where he just talks about the battles of being creative. But one of the quote that stuck to me was, "It was harder for Hitler to stare at a blank canvas than start World War II." Yeah, I know you have a process right now, but before you got into your acrylic paintings, what was that when you were barbering? What was the first step that you took? to find your style? I think I got
1: back into it. It's just kind of my love for the I mean, that's, I guess, street graffiti type of thing. And I've just always had that in me. And I've always wanted to kind of bring it back out. But then I think I kind of merged that in with like, I'm a big I've always been a big fan of like street wear, a big sneakerhead. I've, I've just been a sneakerhead since I can remember. And it's funny because I started just kind of playing around with drawing sneakers. And um, then I started putting like little it was and it was just all just just for fun type of thing. And I started just drawing like streetwear type of stuff. Uh, so the Supreme stuff, babe, you know, Jordan, whatever. And I just kind of like, incorporating it with cartoon characters. And then it kind of just led to it. One thing kind of led to another. Then I kind of backed away from that. And I started getting into more like what you could see behind me, kind of more of the, uh, kind of the mixed, mixed up smashed up type of thing where I can get multiple characters onto one canvas and they all kind of overlap each other, but you could still, you know see them and it just kind of you know it's just like again it's up to going back to what you were talking about without it's just pushing forward through it and just kind of finding that little niche for yourself is there a right way to do things should you stay on that line where i see other artists who just have this one specific style and they just roll with it and that's fine it works for them and who knows it might work that might work for me one of these days where i drop one of these styles or whatever but right now i'm just enjoying what i'm doing it's been working great for me um, and, I, you know, I just love it every every step of the way. But yeah, you know, I guess to answer your question is just, you know, it just when you start, it's just one thing will lead to another will lead to another. And then you kind of develop your style that way. And then there's obviously outside inspirations um, that kind of lead you down a certain path as well.
2: So can you touch on some of those outs? I mean, you know, it sounds like hiking, nature, music. I mean, is there anything specifically, maybe there's something you look back on. You're like, that one moment triggered my best piece or one of my best pieces or a favorite piece. Is there anything that sticks out to you in that regard?
1: As far as like one specific piece, it's kind of hard to say. But, you know, each piece gives you like a different level of confidence depending on what's going on with it. So if it's like a commission piece – You know, you're just so appreciative that somebody would spend their hard-earned money and pay you to paint when painting growing up as a kid or whatever is just a hobby. And it's like, man, I just – man, I'm getting paid to do what I love. It's it's, it's wild. So I just – I can't point out one specific one. I mean, there's obviously been paintings that have gone to – specific people that, you know, kind of blow me away. Like, I mean, I was able to do a painting for uh, Gabriel Iglesias and um, I've done paintings for different, you know, some different athletes. um, And I've worked with some, you know, pretty, pretty famous people. And that always just humble, you know, it's always just like, Oh my God. Like, and I'm here with them and you know, handing them the painting and that, you know, I, t- I kind of have to pinch myself to, you know, like, wow, this is really happening. It's, you know, the dream is coming true. I guess you could say.
2: Sounds like it may have enabled you to be, um, even more confident in your work and then kind of get, get, you know, something even better out of you that maybe you didn't expect. I mean, is that what these sort of circumstances led to you think? You know,
1: when I have somebody who's an artist in their own way approaching me to do work for them, it definitely it gives me that confidence as well to kind of push forward and and uh, have that and I take that confidence into my next piece and my next
2: piece. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And you and you can see that growth in your paintings. I mean, I don't know if they're necessarily in like chronological order, but you can just see how you're taking some pieces of of you know, let's say the Kanye bear to a part with the Simpsons in it. You understand? I mean, there's some similarities in it. And I can also see how you're. Uh, making it unique in your own way.
0: Yeah, I noticed in your artwork, you like to use a lot of bright colors and also cartoons. What made you drawn to the cartoons?
1: Probably the nerd in me, I guess. Uh, just being a kid, you know. Hey, I embrace, just, it, like,
0: embrace it. <laughs> man, I, I, yeah,
1: I, I mean, you know, you grow up as a kid and I grew up, we didn't have a lot. We didn't have much at all. But, you know, you you think back of all the good stuff when you're a kid. And one of the first things that pops into most people's head, I would I would think, would be you know, you wake up on a Sunday morning or Saturday morning and watch cartoons or even watch them before, you know, before you go off to school. And I've just always loved them. I love the art in the cartoons. I just, it takes you to a place that you know, it just takes you out of reality for a little while. And and that's kind of what I like to bring into my paintings. And it's just kind of so that once people I love it, like with these ones behind me, when people look at them and they're like, man, I could stare at that thing for hours and hours. And it's just so awesome when I hear people tell me that it, it just makes it so worth it when, you know, when they make comments like that. Like I could just stare at your paintings for hours and find different things in them. And, oh, I didn't even see that at first. And then I come back and now I see it or whatever, you know. It's, it, and, I, and I appreciate, I
0: appreciate that. Uh, that's a really cool thing about art is that when you create it, it's up for the viewer to interpret it as is. And I think that's what's really cool about your work is that people are already familiar with the cartoons. So they will be like, they would get spark back to a throwback of them watching the cartoon saturday morning so i think that's why people really resonate with your work it's a nostalgic yeah, feel it's, it's beautiful stuff
1: yeah it's funny people will show me shapes in there and they'll be like this looks like this and i go i didn't even mean to do that however you want to you you know however you want to uh, you know, look at it it's it's all in the you know it's in the eye of the beholder man and...
2: so uh, as of now and you know obviously um you know y- you you've had a long career but at the same time you're still not even close to your peak. I mean, you still have a long ways to go. You absolutely do. So as of now, I mean, what do you think has been um, the most prominent moment? What What was it that, you know, may have been like, oh, you know what? Like I I am who I'm a tr- shooting for in this regard as an artist. I'll never forget it. You know, this, this kid comes into my,
1: I mean, I have hundreds of kids who come into my booth and look at my art, but this kid was just like, so you could just tell the maturity level of this kid. And I mean, he couldn't have been more than nine or 10 years old and he's looking around at my artwork and he's just standing there and he's really like taking each piece in and almost like he's he's just standing there he's admiring it and he's just but he's taking it instead of just like doing a quick look around and get out he's like stabbed he's stopping at every painting and looking at him and just really i could tell he's appreciating it and he looks at me and he goes you painted all these and i go yeah i did and he goes man he goes, you're doing an amazing job keep up the keep up the great work this kid's like nine and I'm just he almost brought me to tears I was just I just I, I felt that passion in that in that and that you know in that kid's voice like how much he really just appreciated it and he's nine or ten years old but I feel like that can be for anybody it doesn't even matter their age I mean they can be I have guys who have stopped by my booth that are 80 years old and they look at like a speed racer painting and they go man. I remember watching that Speed Racer. So it's just like, again, going back to the cartoon thing, I don't, it just breaks all, it doesn't matter how old they are. It just transcends throughout. It's just through everybody.
0: There's uh, something really beautiful about creating something then releasing it out into the world and seeing how people react to it. I mean, you just said you had an 80-year-old and a 9 and 10-year-old react the same way with their appreciation of it. And there's something that's just so beautiful, like inside that you just feel like, I'm giving my gift to the world and the world is respecting it. Is that, would you say that feeling is your favorite part of being an artist and seeing your work interact with other humans?
1: Absolutely. Bringing people together and, and I mean, give me an opportunity to talk about my art. You know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go on, I'm going to go on and on and on because it does bring, you know, it does bring us all together. And it's something that we can all, you know, I just feel like it's just something everybody can appreciate no matter All the craziness that's going on in the world, whatever side of politics you're on, whatever side of religion you're on, any of it, it, you know, sometimes it just doesn't matter. I mean, it's just something that we can all come together and just really, you know, appreciate it. Um, And it kind of gives you a moment to just block all the nonsense, the nonsense out. Um, But, yeah, definitely. When I have people standing around and we're all chatting about it, even what we're doing right now, it's so fulfilling. I mean... it's something that money can't really, money just can't buy it.
2: Yeah, man. I mean, look, we reached out to you because of your artwork, right? I mean, that touched Mm -hmm. us, you know I mean? Like that triggered me wanting to be like, you know, how is a guy like this, you know, whether we're in a pandemic or not, you know, um, able to do what he does, find that inspiration, maintain that creativity, execute it, be consistent, find his themes, you know what I mean? And and commit mm-hmm. to himself. Um, and I think like that's something that especially now, and, and I mentioned it to you when we were in contact, like that's something I think people really need to hear right now, especially it's just like, you know, um, we're all in it together, but you can still, you know, attack your day and find creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, are you still able to maintain you know, those those um, outlets for your inspiration or do you find yourself having to embrace a little more under your roof? <laughs>
1: it, it, it is tough to, with everything going on, to block out all that stuff and just find, you know, find your focus. Um, but again, it goes back to what we talked about earlier. I feel like it's just one of those things where you just got to try to, no matter what, just push through it. Um, just put your, anybody who's struggling or hitting that, writer's block or painter's block or creativity block just do something man even if it's the easiest painting for you or easiest drawing possible even if it's just getting out a canvas and drawing a smiley face on it i mean i feel like almost any of any of us can do that so even if you just have to do that because who knows maybe you paint that smiley face and you just think to yourself i'm doing this for the heck of it but then you look at that smiley face and then you go man i could do this with it and then that could lead to this, and this could lead to that. And the next thing you know, like I was saying earlier, it inspires you to do something else. There's a guy, um, Tinker Hatfield. He's the Nike guy who designed a lot of the Jordans and everything. But, you know, a lot of his work. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, huge inspiration. He, great artist, but you know, he goes into that a lot with his stuff. If you look at, he has a beautiful sketchbook that I that I never got. Like I said, but you look at, he always talk. He would talk about it. He says, I just start doodling, and then the doodle starts off here, and then it ends up this crazy design and next thing you know there's a boom there's a jordan shoe right there
0: it's better to do something than nothing it's just like it's i mean being your own worst enemy if you don't do anything about it then you can't get over or progress as into the artist or whatever discipline that you want to do yeah So
1: i agree and and, um and
0: you know what and even if you do like i
1: said there might be a couple days where i'm just not into it and i'm just not feeling inspired and you know what no matter what kind of work you do or whatever you do in life that's okay man like You know, my advice is like, you know what, if you need to take a couple days to just do absolutely nothing, who cares?
2: Don't, don't, don't beat yourself up too bad over it. You're spot on because I think you're getting at at least it's just doing what works for you. Yeah. In regard to, you know, family life and being an artist, you know, you hear some guys like being like locked away in their dungeon and, you know, they're just working in like, you know, their studio all day or whatever. And like, they're never coming out. I mean, do you find it um, difficult to balance work, and family? I'm going
1: to tell you, I'm going to say this, you know, I'm sitting here talking about myself nonstop. And I guess that's kind of the point of this, but I'm the most lucky person in the world when it comes to my family. Um, But they help me out with different aspects of it. My oldest son helps me out with all the filling out paperwork, uh, whatever it may be. My other son will help me out with feedback and just whatever he can help out with my daughter she's super supportive she paints with me she'll do her own little canvases while I'm painting um, and then my wife backs me up on everything and she helps me out tremendously with all the first Friday stuff so it's almost like a team of people that just I'm so lucky they just love me I don't know why but they do and they uh, <laughs> you know they just really they just really are involved with it all the way around and they you know and they've supported me from early on I mean I was this close to becoming a firefighter at one point and i was kind of like nah this isn't uh, this isn't for me i'm gonna go this route how many families or wives or whatever would be okay with that you have to be an adult you know you got bills i mean it's you're drawing cartoons for money like get out of here and but you know it's, it's 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 with this day and age i just got lucky with timing and with with all these outlets and and just a couple lucky breaks here and there. But, you know, I kind of put myself in that position. But again, I'm kind of getting off track there. You know, as far as family goes, you know, it it hasn't been difficult. And I'm sure for a lot of people, it is difficult. Just I've been very lucky and I have a great team around
2: me. So, like, it sounds like that um, um, it takes a team even in art. I mean, is that, I mean, you know, you normally don't think of that outside of honestly, sports, you know what I mean? And um, it's really interesting that you bring up, you know, how, how you're able to take advantage of that by bringing in your family as well.
1: Yeah, there's the painting part of it, which is the main part of it. But to be, everybody's an, everybody could be an artist, but to be an actual working artist is totally different because there is the the endless emails the endless conversations with people and that's okay i'm here to answer questions you know who are asking about art they might not even be interested but they're asking me a million questions about so that all that stuff takes time the networking the trying to show people your work in, on different platforms posting on social media um you know and then the you know collecting them you know whatever i mean there's so much more like administrative side to it because it's a, it's like running your own little business. I mean, it really is. So
0: yeah, I love your perspective and just like how grounded you are to your family and also your support system, because you recognize that I would not be where I am without them. And I think a, that's like a very important time just in general. Like you always got to like, remember like your support system, because they're, they're going to be there for you when you're up and down and you can never write those people off. Never so uh we're just gonna ask you a few questions whatever cup co- first thing comes to mind just fire away uh, nothing too crazy so uh are you ready michael i guess <laughs> well the first one's easy uh what's your drink of choice
1: oh if we're talking alcohol i'm a beer guy so like a nice hazy hazy ipa or yes, something like that yes
0: what's your go-to karaoke song
1: don't do karaoke <laughs> at all.
0: Who's your favorite comedian?
1: Man, I have to go with like an Eddie Murphy.
0: Um, if you could be an animal, what animal would you be?
1: I'd have to be like, I'd have to be some type of like eagle or something like that. Like just the, for the freedom of flight. I mean, pff, come on. I mean, I feel like that's a no brainer.
0: Um, who's your favorite athlete? Man, I mean, it's
1: gonna, I'm going to, I'm going to, it's going to sound kind of corny, but um, my boy Kyle Long, he, um he, he just retired recently, but he played for the Bears. Um, and, I, and 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 I've been able. I was able to build a friendship with him um, over me being a barber. No matter who comes along, no matter what athlete, this and that. That's my dude right there. Just just because of that, he's such a. There's such an awesome family, the Long family. Those they're amazing.
0: What would be your last meal?
1: Mexican food, man. There's just. I, in my last meal, I mean, just throw a bunch of Mexican food in front of me. It better be good. Green chili stuff, type red chili. That's my last meal right there.
0: What are some words that you live by?
1: I don't know. I've never been a big, I don't know how to put it, but I mean, just be good. You know, integrity, treat people with respect, have good manners, please and thank you. And just smiling at somebody goes a hell of a long way. You know, knowing to shut up and listen, those type of things, just the simple stuff.
2: All right, final question here. All right, so you're familiar with Chicago? It sounds like so you got to know the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Of course, that's a hell of a day. Right. So if you were in that position, would you do the same thing? What would Michael Lambard's day off look like?
1: Man, I feel like every day is a day off for me right now. I'm, <laughs> lo- I'm I'm lucky to be in that position, man. I mean, I hate <laughs> to sound like a I hate to sound like a jerk, but uh, being the, 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 doing what I'm doing right now in finding that love i mean i do feel like it is but if you're talking like a straight-up recreational day it would be a freaking wake up early man and when nobody's looking at you, it's, it's who cares if it's nine or ten in the morning and crack open a beer go to the bears game please please for the love of god let them win so yeah that would be kind of my perfect day a bears victory and then finish it off with with some more drinking, I guess. There you go, um, man. Just
2: as long as you got a hazy IPA in your hand, you sound uh, like an easy guy to please, Mike. Yeah, uh, uh,
1: it doesn't. It really doesn't take much to please me.
2: All right, well, guys, that was just our interview here with Mike Lombard. We really appreciate him coming in today. Phenomenal street artist. You got to check out his content, um, Mike. Where can they find you?
1: Um, you guys can. My, the main place would be my Instagram. I do almost all my business through Instagram. Um, it's at michael lambard but the, it's just one l in the middle so it's m-i-c-h-a-e-l-a-m-b-a-r-d um, or my website is michael lambard.com and it's spelled as my name m-i-c-h-a-e-l-l-a-m-b-a-r-d and you can find my work on there um, but those are going to be my two main outlets uh, i appreciate anybody who follows me on instagram it means the world to me you don't even have to like my photos the follow means enough
2: yeah and folks you know he's phoenix based but his pieces are around the around the country so you got to appreciate it and you'll get a feel for it when you check him out on instagram and online mike thanks so much for your time man really really appreciate it and i'm really looking forward to talking to you again soon man excited for your next pieces to come out
0: yeah thank you mike no thank you i
1: i really do appreciate it um anytime i'd love to do it
0: we hope you enjoyed that episode with michael It was a pleasure again to know him and learn about his creative journey. Be sure to check out his artwork to see some dope stuff. This episode was presented by Plan Dope Shit. To get 15% off, use promo code TRUSTTHEGRIND at checkout. Visit www.plandopeshit.com to learn more. If you could leave a review and rate the podcast on Apple, that would be amazing. We are just starting out and we want to produce the best content. We need to hear your voice and let us know what you think of us. Thank you, everyone, for taking the time to listen. Have an awesome day.